0: Hey guys, this is John and welcome to another episode of the Gistics podcast. When I was younger, there used to be these things called VSEs or Very Special Episodes. And we've got one of those today. Uh, We've got the owner and CEO, Brett Walton. And then we have one of the longest tenured employees. Peon. The oldest. Or oldest, (laughs) Kurt Carter. Kurt has been in our commercial sales department for...
1: 20... Five-ish?
0: Almost 26-ish? 25 years. That is servicing our customers, the small and medium-sized processor. So there is a lot of meat processing knowledge up in that head. That's not what we're going after today. no hair. Right. It has pushed all the hair out of his head. (laughs) But we're not going for that today. What we want today are the stories that came about with the creation of Walton's. Um, These two have done every job... Because at one point one person did everything. There yeah. was no specialization.
1: No, yeah.
0: But before we get to any, so of
1: the reality is, I just throw this in real quick. So basically, there's 60 people doing the job what used to be <laughs> two of us right. could do it on our own before. It's a
0: little bit bigger now, though. Yeah, a little. Yeah, I don't think one person could do all of that. <laughs> um, before we get to any of that, though, <clears throat> we are bringing back a early tradition on the podcast for a limited time only for a limited time only because this, of me today. because we're going to let this run as long as it goes. This podcast, you might be in for an hour. You might be in for two, two and a half hours. Just as Most long. people
1: will be like five minutes.
0: <laughs> as long as these guys want to talk, hear the phones hanging up, we're going to let them go. That's not the way it works anymore. Oh, Kurt, we've sorry. tried to explain this to you many times. <laughs> um, I've got a hibiscus ginger sour from Boulevard and I very much love sours. I'm not a fan of hibiscus beers, but this is actually pretty good. I'm enjoying this. We're low, I think, at like 4.9%. What do you got?
1: Uh, I have an IPA, of course. It, it actually says with honey um, from Hidden Moon Brewery. Never had it before. Can't taste the honey, but it's a really good IPA.
0: Yeah, you can never taste honey in beer. No.
1: It's got good hops.
2: I have an empty <clears throat> Voodoo Ranger. It's their new series, Agent 77 IPA. It must have been left here by the previous person. Sure. And I have a freshly opened India Pale Ale by Ethos Redo IPA from Tallgrass Brewing Company, which is also a good IPA, even though I ask for porters. I would
0: strongly, the Voodoo Ranger is one of the best beers to use in brat making. We've done it with yeah. the habanero mango before. It is Absolutely top notch, and Ruta I know Ranger's IPAs. Is a good
2: beer to do anything with.
0: Uh, I might argue that I'm not a a big IPA guy. Is we've made very, very drinking hibiscus beer. Then all Kurt requested that he wanted for this was some jalapeno popper brats. So we've got a bowl of those. Mm, we've got a small amount left. What was a bowl of those? <laughs> because we uh, ate before we taped the jalapeno <laughs> popper sausage is absolutely awesome. It can be made cured if you want. Um, just use 5% more, no, yes, 5% more seasoning per pound of meat than usual. Other than that, make it fresh, add mozzarella cheese, and it is absolutely delicious. It's got a really good amount of jalapenos in it. And just all around, it's quickly becoming one of my favorite brats. And I know The second
2: agree. best brat out of the bag. Even Don't even put cheese in it. It's the second best brat straight out of the bag that we sell right now.
0: Now I'm con- or. I want to know what you think the number one is. Philly.
2: Philly brought out of the bag. It pleases the masses. People don't appreciate the true taste of a bratwurst. So Philly brought with a great little seasoning packet has a good pleasing flavor for anybody that sets it on a plate.
0: Yeah, it is definitely a crowd pleaser and it's top five, but it's definitely not my favorite, but we did not get you guys up here to talk about your favorite seasonings, anything like that. We want the stories. So we're going to go way, way, way back to the beginning. So tell us about Don. Tell us about what made yeah. you decide to start okay, this. Okay, I'll
1: quickly go over that. I think we maybe talked about it before, but I'll quickly go over yep. it. So Dad, my dad, Don, started the, the business in 1986 from his house. And in 1996, uh, there was a, a, a little company in town. Um, and at that time, my dad was a one-man show. Uh, my sister worked part-time for him. Um, but there was another guy in town that had a business wanted to retire, so Dad talked me into going in with him, and we, you know, mortgaged our houses and bought this other company out, and that was in 1996. And uh, it was a little 6,500 square foot building with one overhead door, um, a little different than than what we have now. Uh, but when we when we bought the company, Kurt was there, <laughs> came
2: with it, sleeping on a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sound sleeper. When I woke up, I had a barcode on my butt. (laughs) He was listed in the inventory? Uh, No. I got to tell a funny story because I worked for the company that they bought. Mm -hmm. And I was down at a parts store buying parts for a service equipment. And there was a business card up on the wall that said Midwestern Research and Supply. And I asked lay lady behind the counter, I said, who's this? And he goes, don't worry about it. Just an old man who sells grinder plates. And it was about a year later. I was working for that old, <laughs> oh, old so man. plates. <laughs>
1: <Kraner>
0: plates. <laughs> well, that is kind of funny, you being on a shelf. I mean, you do sort of look like an elf, just a tall elf, move you around from time well, to time. I could wear
1: the PJs. <laughs> it, you know, it almost didn't change much after that because when we first started, <laughs> we had um, this little building and there was the kind of the front of the building and then there was a wall. And then the back was some supplies and stuff, but the shop. Cause we still do. We still work on commercial equipment. And uh, um, so we decided the only place to put desk for Kurt and I, because it, it took us probably dad and I like five minutes going, why is Kurt not selling? You know, it took us <laughs> about five to minutes him, to yeah. figure out this dude's a natural salesman. Why? Cause he was working on equipment. So we're like, okay, Kurt's going to go on the road and I'm going to go on the road. We need desk. So the only place in the building we could figure out to put desk was back next to the shop but we wanted to put some kind of barrier, so we put a two by four wall with that like one inch styrofoam on it. But we didn't have a door; it was just the wall and those and, ceiling. And yeah, the, <laughs> and, and on the other side of the wall was the guy working on slicers and grinders and stuff. So Kurt and I would be talking on the phone to customers, and we'd have to go, H- hang on a second, i i'll cover up the phone, and lean around. And go, Tim. Put the hammer down. Quit beating on the whatever you know. That slicer. Give me five minutes. I need to talk to a customer because he would start banging on stuff and and we couldn't hear the customers. It was really it was really a nice place.
0: So sixty five hundred square feet. <clears throat> Currently we're at uh, over fifty
1: thousand. So with yeah truck docks. So that's some of the stuff we didn't have. You know, we had one door. We didn't have truck docks. Um, we had, we had two carts for UPS packages. So these two green carts, which we still have out in the warehouse, two metal carts that are about two foot by four feet. And those, when we got busy, like in the busy season, we'd actually use the second cart Ooh. for UPS. <laughs> Otherwise, all of our UPS going out for the day would go on one cart. And I remember in the beginning, there was sometimes we had like 20 packages going
2: out. You know, Brett's talking like, I was sleeping on the shelf. Well, I lived on the shelf because. <laughs> As we got bigger, Brett, of course, went to an office, a palatial office. I had a desk under a shelf. I had a fluorescent light hanging <laughs> from the shelf above me. People would put inventory <laughs> over the top of my
1: head. Yeah, Kurt would be back there on the phone, and he'd like push his chair forward because you're trying to pull a box of gloves off from above <laughs> him or something.
0: That's all we had. Do you have any idea how many skews you had back then? No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: I mean, a, probably. A fraction. Yeah, five
2: hundred maybe. Okay. But you gotta remember and now it's five. we 000. had one box of bulk seasoning and that was a hundred yeah. skews because we'd make a half pound bag for someone, we'd make a one pound gotcha. bag for someone. We would dump and mix right and put all of our stuff. Huh. Our cut. Don't tell any of our customers just now, but we <laughs> don't <laughs> if, do that if, anymore. If somebody
1: called in wanted half a pound of garlic powder, Kurt and I'd be back there dishing out a half a pound, putting it into a bag, and then printing a the label and putting on it for a half a pound. And of garlic, garlic powder, powder. would
2: just get so deep into the hairs on your arm, you'd stink for a week.
0: Never get yeah. it off.
2: Never. <laughs> because we were, we were, you know, somebody needed. We were answering the phones.
1: So and I and I I'm gonna look down because yeah, I wrote ahead. down yep. what things I'm that look Kurt at it and too. I were doing and some of these we didn't both do, but I think I did all these and Kurt did almost everyone. So we were customer service. The second thing we were janitorial staff. Um, we were service tech. So Kurt and I actually worked on equipment. We worked on slicers and drove padding machines. Plan- drove out to places and we drove stuff. went out to plants and did it. Um, uh, we were shipping and receiving, so we were in. Our, we were at our desk, and a truck came in with some load. One of us had to get up and go unload the truck. Um, purchasing, I did purchasing. Um, uh, graphic design, uh, because uh, I created our first <laughs> catalog. Now, um, it's not much, but it was a catalog. We have copies of we them. We do have a ca- yep. We do call it a catalog. And we were delivery. We were sales. Um, I don't know what else I missed in there, but. <gasps> Yeah, no, uh, that's just it. I mean,
2: warehouse because we stocked everything. Yeah.
0: So you're deliver So you're taking calls from customers, taking the orders, mm-hmm. and then what? A couple of days later, a week later, going and delivering it.
1: So we would call out. We would. Ha- we had these routes. We had this really elaborate, <laughs> re- elaborate. I know you guys are good with all the graphics and computer stuff now, but before then, <laughs> picture this. We had we we had this really elaborate system where Kurt and I sat down in the office. With a plastic map, and I'll I'll let you kind of tell the
2: story. Well, truth be told, squeaky wheel. It doesn't matter who we were going to call. If someone kept calling and screaming, I need this, I need this, I need this. So we would make them a spoke on the squeaky wheel. Sure. But we had this idea that if we're going to drive all the way out, we'll stop and we'll come all the way back. Then the next guy, like a flower petal, then the next guy would go all the way out. He'd come all the way back because he used to be his helter-skelter. One would go one way, one go the other way, and then this guy would need something. So we thought we had this brilliant idea until people figured out that the loudest customer got the first service.
0: Really? But we, we
1: but we went from Wichita with this you know with a plastic coated map with markers colored markers in, in these these loops. <laughs> so we go okay that one's yours that one's mine we have a spiral graph. But we were just Kansas and yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah, we were just in Kansas and Oklahoma. Just going there, mm-hmm. and then we just started squeezing a little farther in Nebraska, a little farther in Missouri. Well, even uh, in Kansas, a it's to in be Colorado. like, well,
2: you know, there's another locker this far. Yeah. So okay, we'll go that far. Then there'd be another locker just just, just, just that much farther. <laughs> but we used to stop in places other than meat lockers, too. Like when what?
1: we first started. Oh, my gosh. Because we didn't know anything. We didn't know any better. So we thought, well, we should stop
2: at every grocery store, mm. restaurants. First route we went on, we were going to Attica. <laughs> There's a grain elevator. There's got to be a grocery store there. <laughs> Yeah. And so we drove off the road. No, there wasn't a grocery store there, but we drove all the way down just to see if there was a grocery store there. And then we came all the way back. Well, you had well, to do what you had to do.
1: We, but, we I mean we, of, we went a couple we went a couple years and we were we'd come back high-fiving each other and bragging, you know. I stopped at a grocery store and I sold them two bandsaw blades and a gallon of white oil and a knife. Because we and carried that, the store with us. Yeah, because we had all this extra stuff in the van or the truck. And that, you know, they go, Hey, I need two, six inch boning knives. Go, I uh-huh. got them on the truck. Or they go, I need some parts for my bands. saw. I got them out in the truck. So you'd go get them. Well, then we realized that, you know, we did, we're pretty fast learners. It, it took. only took us like three or four years <laughs> yeah, yeah, to yeah. figure out that, wait a minute, we just spent an hour of our time and travel distance. And we sold that guy $50 worth of stuff. <laughs> This isn't making not gonna us very much it. money. Yeah. This,
2: we're, we're, we're not going to make. Uh, and a these living were the old it. grocery stores. They had sawdust on the floor. And they smoked on the meat counter.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: and threw so, their cigarettes into the
0: sawdust. Well, tell me how? How did you figure out that customers realized that whoever screamed loudest got? The quickest service. Was there a, a specific thing or was it just like, ooh?
1: I mean, you know, some customers that were very large that were our biggest customers, you know, they knew that we were running these loops. So, hey, you're going to be there. Can you drop by or can I come up and pull something off the truck instead of having to drive to Wichita? So,
0: so would they, they would meet you somewhere well, along the road? Yeah. Well, but, sometimes.
1: But most of the time they wanted you to drive over I mean, how much Not only they wanted you to deliver it, they wanted to unload it,
2: set it on the shelves. <laughs>
1: Did want you to stock it? Well, we had a we had a, an old customer in today, uh, this morning that I was talking to, and he said, "Man, sure miss it whenever you and Kurt used to come out and carry sawdust up and put in our attic." <laughs> well, because <laughs> we had the forty pound bags of sawdust and and they had to put in their attic, and we had I had a place over in Eastern Kansas that it was in the second floor. And they were like in in the downtown of an old small town, right? So the big, tall, two-story buildings, you know. And the bottom floor has like a 15-foot ceiling on it. So that the second floor is when you look at the stairs going up there, you think that heaven's on the other end of this. (laughs) Well, it was not carrying up two bags of 40-pound sawdust up all those stairs up to take them to that. And the guy would buy 15 bags every time he came.
2: Was it Burdick that we had to go around the building, Back yeah. and in that little bitty old refrigerator yeah. truck that they had on the ground. <laughs> yes. Bang your head. Put it the, through the mud. It was the about blood. a four foot high door. <laughs> yeah.
0: And those are steep steps in those old houses, too. Oh, yeah. They're, like they're not. Yeah. They're not your current staircases no, but, at all.
1: You know, this was 25 years ago. So we were younger. We more significantly younger. Than. Young. Yeah. <laughs> and
2: we wanted the business set up. <laughs> we said, hey, we'll put it wherever you want it. Oh, yeah. Do Patty Patty what you gave 200 pound drum secure. 55 mm-hmm. gallons of liquid, wherever you want it, by golly, that's where you got it.
0: Okay, so you'd go out on routes and you'd carry extra things with you, that, like common selling items, I'm assuming? Uh, mainly what we carried with us was, was cutlery
1: and then okay. saw parts. Wear parts, yeah. Wear yeah. yeah. parts. Okay. Like bandsaw parts, yeah. So filler blocks and blade scrapers, those kind of things. That uh, that was about all you could really... And our yeah.
2: toolboxes.
1: And our toolboxes, because if they said, hey, I got a problem with a slicer... Then you might be laying on the ground underneath a, you know, or underneath a grinder in Lake in Kansas till ten eleven o'clock that night. working on equipment.
0: What's the longest you ever worked on a single piece of equipment at a place? Did you ever spend your entire day there trying to fix something?
2: I don't think so. See, That's tough probably. because like the longest I worked was <clears throat> on the bacon slicer up at Kensington. Yeah, but I stopped. Went to their house. Had spaghetti. And then came back and finished working on it, then drove to the next town and spent the night. But it's not business anymore.
1: You can use their name Kensington. No, I was gonna say Wayne.
2: Oh, Wayne Wayne
1: and Wayne, Jolene
2: Beckman. Beckman. You can use their name. They're not in the business anymore. Wayne would make us stay and work late. No, no. Stuff. Wayne would ask politely <laughs> yes. in a way that only Wayne could ask, where you knew there was only one answer.
0: <laughs> but he'd also feed you. Spaghetti. I mean, that's gotta be nice. Very little meat in that
2: spaghetti, Mr. Meatman.
0: <laughs> a bougner sauce is not you don't want that anyways. All right. So there's uh you found several hundred oval discs. Yeah. So we didn't know anything. So Kurt was talking about the
1: first time we went out and, and we went out, we had to take some stuff down to Attica uh, and uh, Kiowa. So Kiowa's a couple hours away. Yep. So we decided that we would jump in the, in the van and do it together. Right. Because we didn't know what we were doing. So let's do it together. The two brains that don't Better know what they're doing. <laughs> how good could that be? So, so we take off uh, down there, you know, um, and then we decided we we knew it enough to to at least how to find a locker plant and stuff like that, um, that we should do it on our own. But we were going through all this junk that this guy had that we had bought in this company. Then we found these stacks of these discs with holes in them and I'm like, this is a stupid... They look like trays. And like a whole big serving box of springs. Trays. And yeah, and a box of springs. We didn't know what that was. So after probably a couple of years, we were trying to clean stuff out, and we threw those things away. Um, then we found out, I don't know, it was several years later before asked we knew. A if we had. A ham press. We're like, what's that? <laughs> like, it's this big tray with a lot of holes in it. <laughs> and you hook springs to the other one, and you press it, well, and that's what no- makes your ham kind of oval looking. And we're like huh <laughs> not anymore <we laughs> don't. oh yeah you know it's one of those was, oh yeah those things are like
2: 30 40 bucks a piece really yeah <laughs> probably threw
1: 200 of them away oh my <laughs> that's not
2: great but you could just see the dawn of realization of both of our faces like oh yeah we've seen those
0: <laughs> so you really i mean you were learning on the job
2: yeah. well you gotta remember, there's no technology back then okay. i mean right. barely electricity <laughs> toilets just moved inside yeah. I mean, we had paper maps. So we'd go to town A and the locker was in town A. Well, we had an address. So if it was on railroad road or main street, you were okay. But if not, you were like, okay, how do the numbers go? Are they going up? Or are they going down? Am I going north? Am I going south? Mm-hmm. And you would drive around and find it. Then you'd make yourself a note and tell the next guy, hey, if you got to go to this town, the locker's over here. And then we'd go to the next one. And then we'd get to the hotel at night. We'd actually get the phone book out. That's a big paper thing that's got lots of little numbers and names in it. And we'd look for lockers. We didn't have any technology back then. We had pay phones. Ugh. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. So
1: we're talking about that um, on pay phones. I, one time we would have to call in, you know, during the day. So it, you'd, call, you'd stop at a pay phone and call in the office Hey, do I have any messages? Right? You know, so one day Kurt calls and he's talking to me and he goes, hang on. I can't hear you. I'm like, okay. And I hear's And I'm like, what is that? He goes, oh, I had to wait for the road grader to go by because he's in a little tiny town that is like dirt road. He's in a pay phone booth on the side of the street and a road grader's is going by. But
2: then the best thing about the road grader is he stops. He goes, can I help you? I go, yeah, is just trying to call in this locker across the street and there's no one there. and He goes, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also the road guy.
0: <laughs> well, you got to love small town. Now, wait a minute. Okay. So you bought it in the late nineties. There were already like Garmin GPS units. No, there were. Yes, there were.
2: There were barely the cell. Phones, I had one in like we, 98. The portable phones were this big. They looked like a suitcase. They we, weren't that expensive.
1: Yeah. It really weren't. Oh yeah, yeah. No. Ninety six. I mean, we, we had a cell we had a cell phone. Wait, I don't know 96. if we did in ninety six, but in in Don's bag phone, but it, that it, was before it was no it was like a couple of year a year or two after yeah. then we had a cell phone. Dad had it. You didn't get it. No. <laughs> Kurt and I were the ones running all over the country. We, we didn't have it. And then whenever we finally got one that we was shared, <laughs> you, you weren't supposed to use it unless you had
2: to. <laughs> because it costs like 50 cents a minute or something. Especially I ran
0: out in the, the middle of nowhere and it's roaming. Yeah. Yeah. Forget, yeah, forget it. it. The
2: first time though, I was coming north out of mm-hmm. Oklahoma City on 35 and a guy had broken down and he had his wife with him there on the side of the road. And I pulled her to could help me because we need to call someone like, oh yeah, baby. I can make this call. I got the I've phone got out, you. dude. I was James Bond and Jamie Rockefeller all in one man. The guy was like, "You're so cool." And I go, "Yeah, yeah, that's yes, me. I <laughs> yes, I know, yes, I." So
1: in '96, in when we bought the company, and Kurt and I went out for the first time. We were rolling in a 1982 Ford van. So it was 14 14 years years old with 200,000 miles on it. And that was the better one of our vehicles. But we did have a box truck. But we we had another van too. Yeah, well... (laughs) then later, but we had the, we had a box truck at the same and you're time. A van. Yeah, we had well, we had my van, yeah, my little van, my little Astro van. It's amazing an how Astro many van. thousand pounds you can put in an Astro Van. Take the seat yeah. out, oh, yeah. baby. Oh yeah, take the seats out. And that thing would be six inches off the ground in the back. How it did we put over we had like two hundred and thirty thousand miles, I think, on that when we got rid of it finally. But we had a we had a big box truck um that was like an old rider truck, so it was yellow, right? With a ramp. And it had a the ramp in the back. Um, it didn't have a lift on the back, but it had the <laughs> ramp. And uh, a while after we had taken over the company, um, it was 530 at night or something. The phone rings. I was the only one there. Um, pick up the phone. And the guy says, uh, this is uh, Trooper Jones with the Kansas Highway Patrol. And uh, do you uh, know Mr. Kirk Carter? <laughs> There's a long
0: pause.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if I want I'm to like, say yes. Uh, yeah. And he's like, Well, uh, I've got him pulled over down in Southeast Kansas. And he's like, So, um, yeah, he doesn't have a DOT approval and I uh, didn't have a logbook. It's up to date. And 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 I'm like, We need those things. <laughs> I'm in the back the, seat of the car. <laughs> the, 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 the guy that sold us the company said we didn't need it.
2: I, got, I trusted I he'd him. He'd never used it. I just said, Here's the money, you know, and said, Good. Well, I got lucky because I had a CDL. That's the only reason mm-hmm. I didn't get left on the side of the road with the truck locked in it. So he let you go? He gave me a Xerox piece of paper, explained to me how to fill the log out, which was probably the very last time I ever filled the thing out the <laughs> right way. You don't have to fill logs
0: <laughs> I'm out. I'm sure there's a I don't need statue a of limitations on
2: <laughs> <laughs> But uh, he let me drive, but he assured me that I would be pulled over again. And I had to – so we went out and ground. got log books, but – Funny how that works. I was the only one who could drive the box truck. So Brett did the small delivery. I- <laughs> smart.
0: Very smart. Very smart. I don't remember that part. All right.
1: <laughs> so 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 on on the box truck though, then then we got it. No, I think it was the yellow box truck, Kurt. You remember you were loading on a Friday and loaded your sawdust and stuff and then set it there and was going to finish it on Monday morning? But we came in Monday morning and the truck wasn't in the parking lot the same place it was when we left. So, what happened? So, I didn't leave the keys in. I thought, (laughs) I I, I thought, well, what's Kurt doing? Because the the truck's sitting there in a different location than what it was and it was running. So, I walked inside and I don't remember if he wasn't there yet or whatever. But come to find out, we go back out there and, and no, he. He had locked it up and everything. somebody broke into it and they broke out the steering column to start it. and they took it on a joyride. They took a 20-foot, 20 22-foot whatever it was rider or yeah, rider truck on a joyride. and uh, the sawdust was all over the place <laughs> in the back. Uh, but they didn't steal anything. Brought, they just they, nice enough to
2: bring it back. Yeah
1: brought it back and it was still
0: running. But who knows what that was used for? Yeah, who who <laughs> knows what went on <laughs> yeah, that, saw that. A robbery just yeah. for the stupid robber. Yeah. So you have <clears throat> bare bones to a certain degree. Were you selling large pieces of equipment at this time? Oh yeah,
1: yeah, we were selling big mixer grinders and.
0: Do you have a uh, forklift?
1: Yeah, we had. Oh, okay. We had a forklift, and between it, it, it they had one tire. <laughs> It wasn't very nice.
0: Yeah, not the best. The guys,
1: the guys that you see driving those old forklifts. This thing, I'm pretty sure, it was from the 30s. You know those guys with their forearms that look like your
2: leg. You know, yeah, yeah. That's what they had to look like because you couldn't hardly maneuver that thing. We get sawdust in. I remember one winter it was snowing and we got a semi of sawdust in, and that this countertop has more tread than the tires on that forklift <laughs> did. We were we had corrugated kind of tied with string to the top to keep the driver dry. And then we had to put corrugated on the ground just to get any traction and we were moving and it was swaying and it wasn't fun at all. Another day in the life. What are you going to do? I mean, that's what you guys had to do. Well, in the Waltons, they were so magnanimous. I mean, (laughs) every year I got older, I got something to, you know, I got old. We had 55 gallons of liquid. And we're using little bitty dolly with them. Brett. Because I got older, got a dolly look. It's big a drum dolly. Drum dolly. It's, it's, it's specifically
1: drum. made for moving drums,
2: Kurt. For don't, old men. Don't make this so. Because we used story. to lay them, We used to lay them on the floor of the truck or the van, and then slide them off, uh-huh. and then drop them down, and then put them on that little. I mean, this fifty-five gallon drum of like
1: of white oil or liquid smoke, slide it out of a van, roll it to the back of a van and slide it down the bumper by yourself.
2: And, you know, I still have that two wheeler. It's in my backyard. The grandkids play with it. The bronze one that had the solid, solid hard rubber tires. I still got it. But that's what I used to have to move the drums with. Then Brett, because he's so magnanimous, got the big drum dolly to help the old man out. I kept getting older. So then he got a box truck with a lift on it. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Uptown, baby. That's fancy. Push the button twice, two more times, lift go up and down. Yeah. So every time I got older, we got something Mm -hmm. more efficient. You got an upgrade. That's right. (laughs)
0: All
2: right. But uh,
0: we're talking about 55 gallons, a gallon of water weighs eight pounds. Uh 400 pounds. And it, it was a controlled often, fall. It, I
1: would imagine a very controlled fall. That's what I used to fall. call it. You'd like get it kind of between your knees a little bit, oh, and then you kind of let <laughs> it go and then bounce a little bit. And you're like, I wonder what it would take to break when these open. We Not did. much more
0: than what no, you're no, doing, I'm sure. Right.
1: But one of the things, and, and 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 you know, people listening to this are probably going, well, what? They were delivering? Well, we did that until – Yeah, I don't even know what year it would have been, uh, 2005 ish, probably. But we finally got to the point where within the distance that you could drive from Wichita, which was, you know, half of Missouri and Oklahoma and Kansas and up in Nebraska, some, that was as far as we were ever going to get delivering. And there was just, you weren't going to make it work. That's why we started going to the
2: Texas Panhandle.
1: Yeah. And we're such a niche business, there's other companies that have lots of deliveries. And but we're such a niche business that you can't have another warehouse in another, you know, four hundred miles away or whatever. It just it doesn't work. So that's when we said we're not gonna deliver, we're gonna rely upon thank you, Kurt. The uh Yep, thanks, Kurt. The people that there
2: wasn't any more Kool-Aid in there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the the UPS guys. Because the brown the, the guys in the brown truck they could deliver right, cheaper than we could yeah. deliver.
0: So General customer, say I'm in your furthest reaches of Missouri where you will get. Thank you. Um, order on a Monday, how quick would I get something? Next week. The next week. It, it, you're where? If I'm in Missouri, like ship as far as you guys go in Missouri. So we didn't go to Missouri. if, if, if
1: Today? We, if we no, ship
0: No, no, no. Back then. Back then? Yeah.
1: And we were delivering it? Yeah. And we had 17 week routes, and some of them we did in half of that. So at eight to nine weeks. But we so.
2: never delivered in Missouri.
1: Oh, a little bit. Clouds. Yeah, we Clouds. did over. Yeah, I went, I went, Oops, I went Joplin down in that corner. <coughs> That's right. That's right. Over a little bit. Mm-hmm. But we just found out that we couldn't, we're never going to be able to deliver. And, and I mean, now we ship almost every day to, you know. Everywhere. 40 uh, some states yeah. every day on the average. And, and you know, we and I joke about the 20, if somebody's not aware, you know, of what we are now. You know, I joke about twenty boxes in nineteen ninety six, and now our record is twenty seven hundred yeah. boxes in a day. Ridiculous. Something. And but yeah, Kurt's been here. Kurt and I have been here the whole time, and staff were the three that are still
0: the originals here. So, um, the when backbone. you made the change from delivering to UPS, what was the feedback? Was there pushback from the customers? <laughs>
1: there was some, yeah. and, and then some liked it because you, you know they realized they got it sooner. They right. got it whenever they wanted. They didn't have to wait. And as long as you put in a big enough order, you're not paying for it. Yeah.
0: Were you charging when you?
1: We did start charging on deliveries because yeah. gas got expensive, yeah. like a $1.50 gallon. I don't know something like that. <laughs> no, I mean, I remember I it was went back up when I had regular gas, and my dad's like, "We got to put in a delivery fee," so it was like seven dollars and fifty cents or something like that. Um, Were you drinking this? Uh, no, I had the other one. This is really good. I'll remember that for the next one.
0: Was there
2: only one of them? Well, I saw you had a tall can, but I guess no. It was the other one. Oh, the honey. An Ale Brewing Company West Coast style IPA, seven and a quarter percent. Um, I've had know. something from Ale Smith. I can't remember I know know what, what it was. Hell, it's from
1: San Diego. So, Kurt, have you, have you ever drank beer at a customer's since since
2: you're drinking beer today? Today, yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> not today. You haven't. You know, it's, it's a coincidence that meat isn't the only thing that customers keep. In. Okay, but. They have big walk-in coolers. I thought every about this though, Bubba. When we were younger, we weren't as particular as we are today. Oh, no. oh my gosh. There, we drank so many domestic. Well, one of us drank so many domestics back then. But I mean, they were really, you'd walk into a cooler, <clears throat> there'd be meat hanging there, and then a whole solid wall of 12 packs. <clears throat> cases i'm sorry they'd have 12
1: but, packs I back mean, then we were routinely back then we were out on the road traveling like that and delivering we're in plants till you know six seven o'clock almost every night because somebody was there late <laughs> waiting for us or we were working on equipment and and you know and to mo- that's the awesome thing about that we've been able to do the last like say over 25 years is customers they're small business owners and they became our friends, and we still are friends with people that we were dealing with 25 years ago. And you're there working late, and they bring out, "Hey, you want a beer?" While you're working on a slicer, sometimes you okay. do. Yeah. Sometimes it'd be the crack of four, and they'd offer you. A yeah. beer. but the other, the other <laughs> nice part of that was too. Like, hey, I got some snack sticks hanging in here. All oh right, yeah, you just walk in the cooler and break Grab off snack some of those, sticks know? and. I mean, you got to try so many. And Kurt still did. Kurt's on the road still. You get to try so many great stuff. I mean, your customers make unbelievable products. Yep. One of the funniest
2: stories Brett and I always tell, though, is Brett and I'd sit there, language, I mean, 100 degree weather, carrying a whole freaking truckload of stuff in their plant. And they go, thanks. We'd be done. If we had one of our kids with us. You want snacks, Yeah. You want a yeah. donut? You what want a, do you like you want a soda pop? Oh, can I get you candy bars? Like, dude, where the hell did you get those from? <laughs> no, we've always had them. Never, ever I offered know. me jack.
1: My kids cannot wait to go on the road. <laughs> oh, hell me. no. And I'm like, well, how come you bring this big old bag full of all kinds of products back, and I got nothing? <laughs> I mean, I might, you know, I get enough for maybe, you know, a bite down the road Sustance, or something. Barrel. So in customers, though, in, in, in customers, you have to be careful because... Some guys want to know what the last guy was
2: mm-hmm. doing down the road. Sure. So, Kurt has a, has a rule for that. I got a small island rule. And it just pissed people off. But they'd still ask me. I was, I could walk into your plant. You guys can play tiddly winks under two pounds of dust. I go to Brett's plant and I go, look busy to me. I'd always tell them that gut men and the inspectors spread rumors. They spread the all the stories. We kept everything small island. So what were they looking
0: for? Just like, oh, were they busy? busy? The how, many, how many beef were they doing?
2: You yeah. know, they asked the gut yeah. man how many barrels did you haul off? Huh. So I'd tell them how many carcasses they had. they tell them how busy they are. You know, it just, it, it. And nowadays it's really cool. <laughs> In the old days, you know, they, they get on the phone. They go, so tell me how much are you charging for a beef? <laughs> You know, nowadays they just go online. Right. Everything's online, so there's no more collusion. They can just go online and see what everybody charges. We actually had a corner section of a state that would get together at a casino every single year and set their prices for that year because they were all friends. They were all in that area. It was a state, the corner of a. We
0: want to say <laughs> what state? I'm That's, sorry, yeah, yeah. what
2: state? The state of so, valley
0: But
1: it. we have got to see lots of we got to you know great people, awesome people. Uh, love stop. I mean, I mean, when you think back of all the oh, people, heaven, I mean, you have a few that were, you know, kind of cranky sure. um, and and never seem to got out, get over that. And, you know, over the years, there's a few people that, you know, that told both of us, um, yeah, I don't need anything from you today. <laughs> and I, I don't ever need anything from you (laughs) when you walked in? i'm just talking when you walked in the first time not like you did something wrong right you walk in the first time and they just basically tell you they have no need for you i went into a plant one time in wyoming and i was so excited because when i would when i go out and travel around the country i'd stop in at, at processors that had bought from us that i didn't know them and so I'm all bouncing in there. I'm like, this guy buys from us all the time. He buys online. He's going to be so happy to see me. <laughs> yeah,
2: and I go in the case, there. Huh?
1: And he basically told me to leave. <laughs> and he said, that's why I place my orders online, because I do it after 5 o'clock. And I don't have time to mess with you now.
2: Thank you for your order. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and what I go out she, and sulk in the parking lot. One thing she's drive us crazy, because we had our little sunflower route, right? So I go out this way and come back. Brett said, how are you? Didn't do jack. Can't get anything, can't get anything, get it. would go out. Hey, sold a slicer. Really? Who too? Well to Jonathan. What? Yeah, John. John. John's buying all kinds of. Shit. I've been in Jonathan three times. He never bought jack from me. Brett walks through on a day when he's sober and not high, and Jonathan buys everything from him. And Brett comes back, thumps his chest. But, but sometimes it worked against both of us because we would <laughs> like we're, we're
1: we're like you know talking to to Jones and, and it was a plant that's closed now. So I'll use Earl out there in in Earl City. The pearl. So and Jones Packing. Uh, Earl, you need a new grinder. That thing's dead. No, I don't. don't. Kurt, the next time Kurt goes in there, you need a new grinder. No, no, no. It goes on for two years. One day, we're in the office. Dad walks back and goes, ah. And we used to have this little bell on the wall. And you'd ring the bell when you sold a piece of equipment. Dad rings the bell, comes back, and he goes, I just sold a mixer grinder. To who? Uh, To Earl out (laughs) of Jones.
2: You did what?
1: So then we used to kid my dad about his famous sales pitch. Hello? That That was it. That was his
0: his sales pitch. Well, your dad did also have an excellent (laughs) voice. So for people who don't know, uh, Brett's father was a DJ, local DJ here, and little Donnie Doodad, Mm -hmm. and he is still on our recording system.
2: Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, We had commercial
0: customers who would literally call in and just ask to be placed on hold so they could just listen to his voice.
1: Yeah, whatever his new message was. It is
0: a great... Yeah. Great radio voice. But we used so, to call people. So the hello pitch might have worked because yeah. of that.
1: But he, would, he, was all, he was so happy.
2: He could not wait to get back to the back where we were <laughs> it, and it, tell it, us. It, he would wait days until both of us were in the office <laughs> just so he could ring the dang bell.
0: <laughs> so if somebody back in the day, somebody ordered Mixer Grinder, how long has it taken to get to them? Like if we're talking about a pro cut, at that point, those were still made in the U.S., right? What? The pro like no. the pro Cup mixer grinders. Uh, no, they're they're, they're always already made in down Mexico. in Mexico. Mexico? Yeah, okay.
1: yeah, but it's like we used to sell uh, the brand that we sell was made in the U.S. We didn't stock them at that point, so if we ordered one, it would
2: probably take a couple of weeks. Couple didn't weeks we ago? ever? I mean, we had used patty machines and used slicers. Did we ever stock back in the day a new piece of equipment? Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I don't know.
1: I don't think we did. I can't remember when we started. We had that really palatial stocking. showroom over there. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have space. And just so people know, now we do We stock
2: <laughs> plenty, hundreds of soft. thousands of yeah, dollars soft. worth Heck of. Yeah, I put in of a large meat processing. Put a hundred, hundred thousand dollars quote today, and we had two thirds of the equipment on the shelf. All right, what is corn-fed beef? Uh, that's a curd story. <laughs> so, last stop of the day. Yeah, drink a beer. Sorry. But I'd always stop. I mean, it's the last stop of the day. Well, I'm going to go to Subway, grab a sandwich, go back to the hotel, look at the phone book. So, I'd always work at the last plant. So, I'm helping this customer drag off all barrels back. And I notice this one belly's been cut open and there's dry corn in it. I mean, just beautiful golden dry corn. It's so, Frank, what the hell's this? Because I'm trust me, nobody feeds beef, corn, before they take them in the locker. It's pointless. He goes, oh, and he had a very colorful word for the gentleman who sold that cow. And he goes, yeah, this guy advertises all of his beef for corn fed beef. I go, really? He goes, yeah, he brings them in the night before, puts a couple coffee cans of corn on the ground. And I go, hell, why don't you sell him this corn back? <laughs> Because if you know the stomachs of a cow, they <clears> chop it down; it goes down into one. If it's in its first stomach, yeah, it's, it's not still any, no. dry, beautiful, golden corn. Because he, yeah, he I go. He goes yeah. Every time that guy, every time a customer comes in, so they're buying corn-fed beef from this jack wagon. He goes, I just shake my head because I know that's the only corn those animals have ever seen. <laughs> so 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 we get we get lots. Of, we've had lots of uh, crazy
1: stuff we saw. Um, And uh, uh, we're old enough that we forgot most of it in case somebody wants to come uh, involve us in some uh, suit somewhere. We're not culpable (laughs) for anything. um, But um, as you you can imagine, I think the craziest thing I ever saw uh, that was funny was uh, and actually Austin was with me on the road. He was probably, um, I don't know, eight to 10 years old. Um, so we have four kids. Kurt has four kids too. We don't have the same four kids, right? <laughs> he has four kids. Him and his wife have four kids on theirs. And me and my wife have four kids of our own. Let me Beat clarify that, that. woman. <laughs> and, and so, um, yeah. So whenever we were younger and, and, and running around, um, and it was summertime or spring break or whatever, you know, uh, Sandy'd be like, well, you need to take a kid with you. You're going to be gone for three or four days. You need to take one of these with you. So, um, Austin was with me and we were, um, In a certain part of a certain state. Sure. The eastern half of a certain state. And, uh, um, we went back to the kill floor. They were killing that day when they were killing emus. Oh. And, uh, so they would run two of them in at a time into the kill chute. And then they had those big loppers, like you trim <laughs> hedges with, and they just stick it in and go chunk and pop its head off. And if you've ever seen a chicken, when, you know, like a chicken with your head cut off, uh. these things would like go, they would kick like crazy. And then he'd <laughs> chop the other one off. And there's two emu in there with no heads. They're kicking. And it's a good thing you got the big old thick, you know, steel. And, you know, of course, it's kind of bloody on a kill floor. And then you chop their head off, so you got blood. So I'm scrambling to get back down the hall to stay away from this. But when you're when you're talking to the butcher, he's just doing he's just his going job. Ahead, yeah. He's just talking like no big deal. And I've had other things happen on the kill floor where, you know, they're just like, oh, they're just telling a story or talking about what they need, you know, some new seasoning for a new rod or whatever. And, you know, this emu's over there kicking
0: Uh so I think I've told you this, but I heard that story when I was in customer service. And the first year I went back to New York to see my family, or the first time I went back, I dined out, and that's every single place I went, I told that story about the emus running around <laughs> without their heads up. like Literally to every new person I saw up there, and they absolutely got a kick out of it.
1: Well, anybody, anybody that's a parent enjoys the best part of that story that I haven't told yet. Okay. The best part of that story... Is two, three days later, we get home. You know, been on the road driving all over, unloading stuff. We pull in. Austin beats me to the door. He runs into the kitchen. Mom's in the kitchen. He goes, Mom, guess what we saw? A <laughs> <laughs> guy cutting the
0: head off of Emu. <laughs> did he you not wait to tell us mom Did you get that. a glare? Uh, yeah. 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 Was I like, can imagine. What are you doing? <laughs> all right. So, what's the llama?
2: Don't touch the llama. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so I pull up to a locker in Oklahoma. I'm sorry. A state sound. Some, of it, <laughs> it looks like Some a state. pan. And uh, big crowd. It's deer season. And so there's a big crowd outside. Normally, there's always a big crowd. I mean, hell, I look at this deer I shot four days ago. Been dragging yeah. around the back of my damn truck in 90 degree weather. And
1: Got there's a little, th- little side note. That would be a better podcast if we could bring in about twenty different processors and help have them tell stories deer about stores, stories. Oh. That could be really good. I got, I got a, I got a I, picture. Your-
2: <laughs> this was last year, and I got a picture. I'm driving through a town, and there's a car, and it's got one of those little luggage racks hanging off the track truck, and there's a deer on it, and his exhaust is like the green hornet, <laughs> like he's trying to lose the bad guys. There's just smoke. And I'm like, <laughs> so I took a picture of it and I sent it to the customer. And I tell you, are out of business, guy smoking his own deer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was not a cold day.
0: Now, real quick, I do feel like their internet age, more information, people are better with their deer now than they were back in the 80s, 90s. That's okay if you feel that way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> really? It's just it's not true. true. Yeah. I, don't, just not I don't true.
1: know. If, I don't know. You'd have to ask some processors. Hey, okay. if you Abraham Lincoln true.
2: said, you uh, can't believe everything you see on the internet. <laughs> 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 All right. Tell me why the llama can't so be touched. I pull in this car. I pull in this parking. The llama can't be touched. It's a cartoon the kids watched. Oh, but Okay. Um, so I pull in the parking. There's a bunch of people there. So I go in and I, I almost said the owner's name. <laughs> Hell, he's not busy. I saw Alvin. <laughs> and... uh Right. Alvin goes, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did, you, did you see out in the parking lot? I go, yeah, there's a bunch of people sitting around talking. Big surprise. He goes, did you see it? I went, no. <laughs> he goes, OK, so this kid comes in and he goes, I shot my first deer. And can you process it now? I said, yeah, yeah, I can. He goes, well, he goes, <laughs> you shit, I threw the front line out, didn't I? <laughs> so uh, he goes, I, I didn't field dress it. Alvin goes, that's all right. He goes, well, I tried. I mean, and again, long before the internet, I, pr- I wrote down what I was supposed to do. Okay. And he says, so I shot it and I started at the neck under the chin and I started cutting down. But by the time I got to the bottom of the neck, my knife was dull. I couldn't get through all that fur. <laughs> Alvin's like, fur. He goes, fur? He goes, yeah. It's just like that thick fur and I, my knife's dull. And I, I'm sorry, I couldn't. He goes, well. Deer in the back of your truck? He goes, yeah. So Alvin says, goes out of the parking lot, and there's like beehive of people standing on their shoulders, looking in the back of this truck, and they break it through, and there's a llama <laughs> laying in the back of the truck. Alvin goes, this isn't good. This isn't good. This is <laughs> Bad. so everyone's talking and laughing. There are no wild and by llamas. then the kid is just crestfallen because nobody's cutting this poor kid any slack Why goes in that? on the telephone calls fish and game they come out there's a tag and it's here get the tag number get <laughs> their notebook again long long time before any kind of technology they get on the phone call the owner owner said yes a llama escaped. <laughs> He goes, we have your llama. He goes, great. I'll bring a trailer. And he goes, you don't need a trailer. (laughs) And so this kid had shot a llama on public land. (laughs) And it was laid in the back. So the owner comes. Alvin, of course, asked, do you want us to process this llama? (laughs) Everyone's laughing. So no. And and, and here's the crazy thing. The (laughs) backstrap. Small small (laughs) communities. Alvin, I asked him next time I go. Who processed the llama? Never heard who did it. And you know, if someone had brought a llama into a locker, they'd have talked about it. Sure. So the guy must have taken it home. Yeah. They cut the tag off of the fishing game, cut the tag off and gave it to the kid. And the most embarrassing thing of all was they gave him pictures of a deer.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and so everybody's laughed. Anyway, that's the llama story. I mean, you so, not even look remotely alike.
1: You know, if we would have had, you know. Kurt, if we'd have had the phones that we have now, oh, crap. we we'd could have d- been millionaires. Oh, yeah. oh hell yeah. yeah. We could have recorded some of this crazy stuff we saw that now people make a lot of money on the and internet. And a small island? Stuff. Oh, shit, it oh, would yeah. gone. Not for money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I'd have thrown everybody under the so bus. I, uh, uh, to kill floor stories, at uh, one time I was at a customer oh. and I pulled up to unload and I hear shots firing, which it's not unusual because they use rifles sometimes or sometimes handgun, usually a rifle uh, on a kill floor. But this was outside that it was going on. And then I see a half a dozen people around a stock trailer. So I kind of walked over there and the the guy had brought in a stock trailer full of fallow deer and they were going to process them. I go, why are you and they're shooting them in the trailer. And I'm like, where are you doing that? And they're like, Well, you can't unload these things. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll jump right out of your kill pins and stuff. So the it was an inspected, inspected plant. The inspector was standing out there watching them shoot 20 follow deer in a in a uh, stock trailer. And then
2: once they were all shot, then they drug them into the building. And you said trailer, and it was inspected, So I was down in another state that's not this state, but I pull up in the front of it, and you hear this. We loud, should name a new state. That's a that's Fredonia, a, <laughs> the state of Fredonia. Fredonia stands. Actually, actually, for me, it's a state of intoxication. That's that's the that's the star on my new flag, but um, or the state of confusion. Confusion. Let's go with that one. We'll, we'll call it confusion for now on. I hear this loud bang. I'm like, so I walk around the corner, and there's a trailer, and it's disconnected from the truck. It's a big double long, and all of a sudden, the trailer goes boom. You can see that on the camera, right? And the back of it, front of it, raises up. I'm like, dude, there's a huge water buffalo in there. I mean, just like Hatari, big old horns. And this water buffalo's already broken the mid-gate because in a double long, there's there's a middle gate, so you can put multiple animals in it. So he's already broken the middle gate. He's getting all the way to the front, and so the trader goes like this, and he's running to the back and hitting it. They've got a chain around it because it's already broken the latch, on the back of the trailer. So I'm standing there with the owner and his son has got a, he's got a rifle and he's shaking and that thing hits the wall and he starts to shoot it and it raises his head and he shoots a hole in the ceiling. (laughs) So the owner, I go, yeah, I'm going over here. (laughs) And the owner goes, I didn't say his name. So the owner goes, just stop, 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 stop. And I know nothing about guns other than the bullet comes out the roundy end. And so he gets his big old pistol and he waits and he just waving his hands. And when that water buffalo hits the gate, it stuns. And he, bam, shot with the big gun with the roundy end and it just drops. And the inspector comes out and he goes, so now what? And everybody's looking at this big monster's dead in the back of the trailer. He goes, well, I can put another chain on this hoist and we can cut its head off because he wants the horns and we can drag it through the door and the specter right then goes, yeah, I'm going to lunch. (laughs) It's eight o'clock in the morning.
0: (laughs) So that's my trailer story. That is, for whatever reason, I think it was maybe watching Crocodile Dundee when I was a kid. I've always been afraid of water buffaloes. Like, there's that one where he is in the road with it, like this, <laughs> and I just, yeah. you see how big they are. It's like, oh my, like a moose is tall and kind of scary. The water buffalo are just, I mean, I imagine them at least as wider than
2: this table, this way. Have you ever looked at a moose's knees? I was in a little rental car, <laughs> we're driving. No, I've never, is that I'm a driving, I'm airplane, to, right? I'm driving up to a, Have you <laughs> ever looked at a moose? Bobby, knees? have you ever <laughs> seen, a seen a gladiator? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in this little rental car, and I'm going up to this pass in Wyoming, and I stop, and these two huge moose walk in front of the car, and I'm not exaggerating, I'm looking at their oh, yeah. knees. Yep. Those are some
0: big-ass animals, yeah, man. In Maine, um, so I used to have a girlfriend who went to Colby, which is a uh, school in Maine, and when I would drive up there, there would be signs on the side of the road that says, <sighs> mooses, the eyes of... M- Moose eyes don't reflect headlights because they're above them. Like, that's profound. Oh, wow. And they are. They're There's so got to be a religion by based them. They're on They're so high that your headlights don't go up that high. So you just have to be super careful with them. Very, very dangerous animal. Which seems, you, you would think they're like kind of nice. They look like big horses. But no, those bull moose are aggressive. Mm-hmm. Very, very aggressive. Oh, yeah. Got
1: What's well, hog shocking? Uh, well, we're, we're talking about some kill floor stories, um, I was in you know when guys are butchering, it's their job, right? So they're just doing it. And and so I was talking to a customer in a northeastern state, in a <laughs> the northeastern state of part of confusion. Yeah, and uh, uh, and we were having a conversation, and he was using a, a Best and Donovan stunner on him, which is a little prong thing you put it back here on the back of the hog's neck, and it stuns them, and then you cut their throat
0: real quick. So they do that to Keep the animal as calm as possible right before uh, kill. If they kill it once in a high state of excitement, uh, you'll get bleed well, well, blood spots
2: in your hands. Yeah, and that's in your why hand? they
0: oh hams, hams, hams That's why yes. they do
2: a head and sternum stun. They stun on the head to shock, and they stun sternum to stop the heart. That way, they don't get the blood spots. They do too. I, I never speak. knew that. Yeah. It's a new technology. Oh, wow. Okay. Heads turn
0: Um, But so Can the less adrenaline the that's going through the animal at the time of slaughter, the better. So that's the stunning thing. Right. Okay. Go ahead. So this
1: guy was, we were having a conversation and the hog ran in and, and he put the stunner on it and he's stunning it and he's telling a story and I'm looking at him and I can't help but look out of the corner of my eye, like smoke's rolling up. <laughs>
0: No kidding. This he just hanged
1: like, I was like, I think it's I, I wanted to go, uh, you think you should stop now? But he just standing <laughs> there. I I'm
2: smoking I the pork.
1: Like, wow. That bacon's almost.
2: Done. <laughs> I had heard I almost once.
1: used his name, too. If he's still around, <laughs> we would have added it out. Oh,
0: that's what I would have I'll that's tell a, you afterwards, Kurt.
2: Because that's funny. <laughs>
0: Uh, What is a baseball bat on ostrich? That's not my story. (laughs) Maybe we should start not saying the full name of. Okay, (laughs) okay. i just hate to have
2: another llama. It makes me laugh. So yeah, we're old people, right? No, no, we've got to have cues. If we don't have cues, we're lost. So I'm in a locker. Should we? Should we share that
1: with the with the? With the viewers, listeners, and the yeah, listeners. whatever you want to, the viewing too. So, so because they wonder when we're looking at our screen here. Kurt and I had an extensive meeting to th- talk about some of the stuff. <laughs> Everything you hear today is not from that meeting. This is other <laughs> stuff we think about, and if we do this long enough, we'll think about a hundred more. Oh but crap! The first they're... meeting was also over beer, <laughs> and so you know three or four of these we might get to where We've we left somewhere. scripts so stinking off but anyway so the
2: baseball bat. so i'm in a locker mm-hmm. and it's just cool i mean if you've never seen an ostrich hanging on a it looks like two big huge red drumsticks okay i mean it's just all it is there's just t- two drumsticks a bear looks like a human being if you ever seen a skinned bear no. it just it freaks you out because it looks like a human being like Hannibal Lecter just skinned the son of a buck and it's really? there. Oh, yeah. It looks like a human being. So anyway, so I'm in a locker and I go back on the kill floor. Yeah, someone says back on the kill floor and he's got <laughs> So there's this board on the wall with a hole in it. And so I'm like, what the hell are you doing? He goes, ostriches today. And I'm looking. And so he clicks this thing and this stupid ostrich, sticks his head through the hole. They push the board against it. Whack him with a small bat. He falls on the backside. You go, that's one. I go, are you shooting me? That's the craziest thing ever. And he goes, and the birds are so stupid because there's one behind it and it's gonna do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 I don't think those were under inspection I, I highly doubt it <laughs> he did say they had to cut the end of the bat off because it kept hitting the wall <laughs> I have to ask what human being that looks like uh, that no, no no no, no, no. <laughs> that's, that's Kurt's world is not me. the same as you in my there was world no John. head on it so you got to imagine there's no head on it so it's just animals that we mostly process have stiff oh, little legs yeah OK, this one had hinged elbows and knees. And it's, it's just I'm walking to this locker and it's sitting on the cooler floor with no head. I'm like, dude, that's Santa skinned. Ugh. Yeah, you might have seen something that you didn't oh, what know the hell you, are you were looking seeing at- there. God's a Google can't give you everything. This is Bing. We- oh, God, God's a Bing. Yes. Bing has a little
1: G. Google has a big G. So some, so, you know, there's, there's stories that are, um, you know, done that we've seen regular beef and pork type stories, but it seems like you get to the more crazy stuff with the wild game because it's not as inspected and this stuff happens. And, And I had a processor one time that, that he said, well, I'm one of his statements was for deer hunters. He said, I'm no longer taking deer, deer meat in a scented bag and i'm like what are you kidding he goes you know the scented garbage bags i got people bringing their meat in in a scented garbage bag he goes like they don't think that's gonna pick, pick trans that flavor?
0: flavor no that's that should be fine yeah. so that's what them wanting to protect their car on the way to it uh, just I, it's what it's they just had in the kitchen in November, <laughs> so it's <laughs> what Remember they the use
1: I've, I've actually done that, and that's not on, that's not on our list, but uh, I've actually done that to at least two local processors that I know very well, but I haven't done it for many years now, but call them up during the middle of wild game when, you know, uh, and they were Kansas, so they were Kansas uh, processors, and during Kansas rifle season, whenever there's just tons of people walking in with carcass and throwing them on their kill floor, and they're trying to keep up, and, and uh, um, you know, hundreds a day, and I call him up and kind of disguise my voice. And, you know, there were one of them in particular that I told him that I wondered if I needed to gut it first before I bring it in. And he said, yeah, you need to do that. And I said, okay. I said, well, do – I said, will you guys remove some of the corn stalks from it. And he's like, what do you mean? I go, well, I shot it in the cornfield, so I hooked it onto my four-wheel and I drug it over <laughs> to my truck. <laughs> and there's some stalks that are kind of embedded in it. And And then he goes – no, well, you have to. You'll have to do that yourself. Well, when we finally got that far. I mean, this is like a minute or two in the conversation, and I and I kept pushing it until I got to that point, and then when he finally got so disgusted, he's telling me, "No, I couldn't do that." I started to laugh, and as soon as I laughed, he's like, "Brett, you <laughs> son of a gun," <laughs> and gave it away. I could, he he knew my laugh. So, but yeah, I've 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 done that to a couple of them uh, over the years. where... I know they're really stressed out. And then I I call and try to be the silliest uh, deer hunter that I could think of.
0: So you try to give
2: them a little levity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, So he was talking earlier about the uh, inspector who's like, I'm taking lunch at eight o'clock in the morning. So I I imagine you've seen a wide variety of inspectors from very uptight to very understanding. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. What percentage, like, where would you say the percentages lie? Are most of them unreasonable or most of them reasonable? Oh, I say most are reasonable. Most are reasonable. Yeah, most are reasonable. Okay. I mean, but it's, I mean, twenty-five years to doing
1: this. I it's different now than it was twenty-five years ago. You I think, think it's more strict? And now? I can't imagine. Yeah. Well, I think people just understand it more, and I think you know, um, you know, pl- the places are nicer. You know, meat processor you know, plants overall or sure. nicer. You know, the ones that were really run down when we started are are probably shut down out of business and. uh I mean, I make this sound like this is a long time ago. This is it's 1996. Not that, yeah, it's not that long 1996, ago. 1996, we had multiple different customers that we'd go into, and they are cutting beef with a cigarette in their mouth. You yeah. don't do that anymore. No. There's stuff that just now in you know 2022 so that you don't see that you saw in 1996.
0: We say that that's not that long ago. Like that Maryland, was a quarter man. century ago.
1: Yeah. So what was it like 25 years before that when inspection started in the 70s or whatever? Sure. You know, what did it look like? Because I know what it looked like 25 years ago. And yeah, most of those guys are, are gone. The guys that I can think about we went into that were smoking cigarettes and, and you know, it, it, those, those plants are gone.
2: But you remember the old picture? I still have one on my computer. It's a guy standing in front of a butcher shop and there's quarters of meat hanging in the window. In the sunlight, <laughs> but you know what? And my I think I tell everybody, show me the dead bodies. Yeah, there's we processed in the barn, we processed in the garage without refrigeration, and yeah, just show me the dead bodies. Of course, well, then back then, people were more resilient. I think they were, I think that's part of
1: it. I think that's part of it, but and and, and we're not saying anything like this what's happened shouldn't happen because. And we're not saying what's out that we're when Kurt and I tell the stories, we're talking about a a, a very small percentage too. Sure. We're talking about a very small percentage because Kurt and I both and correct me if I'm wrong would would eat out of almost every one of our customers right. absolutely, Any absolutely. Day. I mean, and I always made the joke. I went, I've been in a lot of restaurants, and I've been in hundreds. And Kurt's probably, he's more than me, thousands, meat processors. And I guarantee you, meat processors are much cleaner than a restaurant. Well, Absolutely. But the you, you that's remember. the last thing to touch your food at a restaurant.
2: With a the, with the locker, they make one mistake, they're done. It takes forever from the recovery. Big processors, big chain restaurants, <laughs> they make a mistake. It's, it's gone the next minute. It's under the bridge. But our processors take so much care because they do. They make one mistake. And they're done. Right. That's why I tell everybody: you buy me from the locker. Yeah, it's their family business, and they yeah. they they treat it as such.
1: And I and when I say that, I'm not pounding restaurants at every restaurant I've been in. Terrible. No, that's not true. I'm just saying there's been I've been in more restaurants that were not nice. Sure. If the restaurants
2: give me free food. I'd mention them by name right now. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> Only if they have beer on tap. Is he? Oh, yeah. I-
0: are, are you hoping to reach the restaurateurs who listen to this? Or? For
2: the dozens and dozens of people that watch this podcast, if one of you own a restaurant... Kurt will take free food, I guess. <laughs> if you have beer. It doesn't sound like you're getting anything out of this deal, but he'll have free food. For the tens and tens of people that watch
0: this thing. Um, so there's one that's not on here. Do you have any experience with three-phase uh, electricity that you want to...
1: Well, you know, we have been, over the years, with we sell commercial equipment and deliver that, that there's been a lot of times that we've been able to help our customers out uh, by hooking up equipment and testing voltage for them. And uh, um, my personal experience with that um, was one of those plants that, uh, in a a southeastern part of uh, Confusion, (laughs) uh, (laughs) that um, they... Had their uh bandsaw directly wired up to uh three-phase power. And I sold them a new bandsaw, so they wanted it directly. It they it's not like a plug-in, like you walk in at home and plug it in. So I went, okay, well, yeah, I'll unhook the old one and I'll hook the new one in. And uh so they had to climb in the attic to turn the breaker off. That's how old the plant was. It was the, the breaker box in the attic. So the guy gets up there and he leans back down. I can see him down the hallway, he sticks his head down. All right. So I unhook it, and I hooked the new one up, and uh, they, they, it, was really, it was a really well-done wiring system. It, it had the good PVC pipe that they run the wire through, and then the, the wire came out uh, up into the saw from the bottom. And so I said, okay. So I said, okay. So he turned it on, and I uh, <clears throat> turned the saw on, and it was running backwards. So, if you know anything about single phase and three phase, you wire it backwards, which you don't know until you hook it up and it's run backwards. So, you got, it. so he, I turn it off. So, you turn it off and, uh, So I switched the wire around.
0: Real quick, you literally have a 50-50 shot at it. There are no identifiers for people who are listening. It is a 50-50 shot. Go ahead.
1: So it's 50-50 chance 90% of the time I was wrong. (laughs)
0: Uh, I don't know how that ever worked out, but uh, I was always having to
1: rewire it then. So um, he turned it back on, and um, it was about three or four foot away from a wall, and I was down on the ground. So as I'm squatting, go to get up, and I grabbed hold of the saw, and he had turned the power back on. And that wiring that came up through the bottom obviously had a bare spot, oh, and no. so the saw had three phase, uh two twenty three phase running through it. And then uh with two hands on it, I had three two twenty three phase running through me, oh, and, it, and it threw me off against the wall. And I slid down, and he sticks his head down. He flips it off. He sticks his head down, and he's looking at me. Go like, you all right? And I go. Yeah, I'm all right. as soon as I said, yeah, I'm all right, he almost fell out of the ceiling laughing so hard. Where were you? Somewhere. Never mind. You mentioned the town earlier. You called it the state. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Wow, no kidding? Yeah. It was an exciting time.
2: Well, I told you about the time the very, very first saw I installed. Those guys are standing around looking at me because they knew I just didn't (laughs) know anything about what I was doing. And I put the blade on upside down. (laughs) And they're waiting. They go, you done? I go, yeah. And he goes, you know, that would be perfect if I wanted to hold the meat up here (laughs) to cut. I had just like... Oh, well, that reminds me of something when you talk about inspector.
1: John was asking about inspectors when you stepped away for a second about, you know, how good they are and, and stuff and how hard, how much are a pain and how much you're good to work with. I said most of them are good to work with, in my opinion. Um, but we had a customer one time over in the eastern part of confusion that uh, <laughs> he uh, he he didn't get along very good with inspectors. And uh, they came in and they were inspecting it and they were trying to do a crackdown at the time. And and they... Uh, they uh, went over and put a red tag, a red tag or whatever on on his cutting, t- or not his his wrapping table, like a stainless steel table. He said you can't use that till you clean it. He's like, what do you mean I clean it? And they said, well, there's rust up underneath. On the underneath side, there was rust, and he goes, well, that's the second reason we don't use that. And they're like, they look in. And they, go, what's the first reason? He goes, we couldn't get meat to stick up underneath <laughs> it long <laughs> enough to cut it. <laughs> now, He's also that that guy's also. I think the one that you know when they, he, whenever they were talking to him, and he opened the drawer and there was a pistol. Yeah, in there, that that cost a, a little too far. Yeah, it was it was some problems with some legal, not great le- not <laughs> legal great. the authorities on that one. But yeah, I mean there, yeah, there's all kinds of crazy stories like that.
2: And that was a guy. Inspectors long before the internet he had a business that was just down the road from him and if you looked at the brochures he had this great big building with a huge sign on the top of it and if he drove by just a little bit of building with no sign <laughs> <laughs> he uh photoshopped before there was photoshop yeah this guy guy he claimed to make jerky and <laughs> It's just hilarious because the first time I drove by, I'm looking for the damn sign. <laughs> like, oh, no, that must be the building. <laughs> <laughs> so back, you know, we
1: didn't have there was no GPS. We didn't have GPS phones in that and stuff. So when we found out that there was, you know, a, probably a plant in that town and we it was a town we weren't in before in Oklahoma, Missouri, Kansas, whatever. And so you would drive through the town and and you weren't driving down the front street. You would drive the side streets and look down the alleys and look for a kill shoot look, well, you look front, for, right. for, yeah. for a the a pins, building with two size two heights of ceilings the, or, yeah something that had a tall ceiling because kill floors typically have a tall ceiling so, so they else. can hang them back yeah. there so that that was our trick how that we could sense. find how we could find the meat processor in town we were genius yeah we were ahead of our
0: time <laughs> <laughs> so being uh, a large part of the industry you guys got invited to like amps. Uh, the, what, what, what's the MAMP? That's Missouri's. Missouri's is uh, yeah. MAMP. So I assume you had good connections, good relations with a lot of the people who were bringing in stuff to show. Do you have any good stories of people who were?
1: well like for show- competition? Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. I mean, cause every,
1: every, you know, AMP is a national association yep. and Kurt and I have both served on the board at, at AMP, uh, during the past 10, 15 years. Um and then there's all state associations and both of us have served for different states in different roles. Um but they all have at their convention they have they have uh cured meat competition. So you got hams, bacon, um sausage, you know, snack stick, summer sausage, all kinds of different categories, which is a great place to be when the con- competition's done. Mm-hmm because you got a knife and you just start walking around a room full of meat, cutting off samples. Yeah. It's it's a pretty good place to be. <laughs> but you know, we just we ran into it before with interesting things that happened during those shows. There's that's a whole other show. Interesting things that happened at meat processor convention. But I don't want to be part of that one. Yeah, I, sure. You know, but that would be an interesting show because, uh, as you can imagine, a bunch of meat processors um, and beer and the, with those mix lots of um, beer. But we were at a show in one state one time where uh, um, at the end um, they, they handle different ways. A lot of states will then. You know, say, hey, whatever meat that was brought in for the competition, so whatever, you know, the hams or, you know, the, the bellies, bacon, anything that's, that's cured, cooked, they'll donate to um, a, a homeless shelter. Or, um, Kansas for years had said, has always said, Hey, you vendors that are still here when it's over, you take something home. And, uh, there's a permanent Brett Walton (laughs) on the grand champion bacon every year for Kansas. I think I'm on about a 10, 12 year string of that. I probably, um, but you know, in one state, they were handing that out and one of the, one of the competitors came in and was kind of in a panic because he's like, I got to get that bacon. They're like, well, yeah, you can have your bacon back if you want. He goes, Well, it's not mine. It's a it's it's a uh it's a customer's. It was a custom ham. It was a custom hog that he did and he entered their bacon into his into the state competition. So that was kind of an interesting one.
2: And that's um, kind of not something that's
1: done. Yeah, no, understandably no. so. No, yeah, you usually want to enter your the, 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 the meat that you own. Yeah. Not that somebody else's own that you're processing for them. But um, That you've let people taste test for the last however many hours. And then there's some flavors of bacon I think
2: Kurt has experience with. At some conventions, there are social events. And processors will bring products for people to eat during these social events. Okay. And (laughs) there was a product like a peanut butter chocolate snack stick is that it i don't know in the the state of confusion and uh i actually had a legitimate out it was lent and i'm a fish eater there you go and honest to heaven if it had been any other month i'd have joined whatever religion was necessary to not eat that product (laughs) at that time (laughs) and so i go oh dude it's lent i can't Can't eat it yeah Well, there's two other guys standing there beside me. And the guy's looking at me like, oh crap, I can't use that one. <laughs> <laughs> and it was not a good tasting product. And he's just doing his best to break it down. But anyway, he said he's going to be Catholic from that point on during <laughs> any meat competition. I figured out why you guys do this. It wasn't <clears throat> and and when we judge meat products, we eat a lot of unique things and we don't eat a lot of unique things. I mean, we have that. And it, it's it's crazy the stuff I've tried during meat competitions and these guys are all professionals, but that was just one product that nobody wanted to try and the third guy in line was just throwing up in his mouth because he saw the reaction of the second <laughs> yeah, yeah. guy. Should have walked away. But yeah, he this the guy that tried the second one, dude, that's brilliant. I'm going to use that at every chance I get that I'm a Catholic, it's Lynn, I can't eat that right now. <laughs> And that was
1: one you had a choice on, but Kurt ha- Kurt does. Uh, he does uh, judge competitions and stuff, and he's done that at state shows and and different events where he's where he's actually judged. So. Uh, I have stayed away from that myself, but <laughs> probably he's smart. way more knowledgeable than me on that. <laughs> I, I said at one time that I think we were close in our knowledge, like in 1999, I don't know, something like that. It, it was a was, long it, time ago. It was a long time. It was, it, it's, it's been a while where we were maybe close. It was probably 2000 and something. Uh, but as the company got bigger and he stuck to handling the sales and I went spent more time running the, the company mm-hmm. than he got he got to where he knows more. on the, meat the way we were
2: designed to go. That, yeah, or that we had. I to wouldn't go. be working for a multi-million-dollar company if you hadn't gone the other way. Yeah. That, well, I'm, I'm just, just glad saying, to hear. I'm just welcome. glad sure. to hear
1: he calls. He calls it working. <laughs> no, I told. I told we've, Brad. We have. We should say that on the air because we've been blessed to be able to work together 25 blessed. years. Because if people pick that up here, uh, we've had a lot of fun. And there's times when, when yeah, we probably want to throw rocks at each other, but it's been nice. very, very. It's been very seldom, and we've had a lot of fun, and we've had a lot of great experiences working with people who enjoy. And, and we enjoy the industry and enjoy meat products.
2: I told Brad this morning, I still have a fax that your dad sent me. Fax. That was this really weird thing. that had this really weird onion paper. And yeah, you got trips to Hawaii and cruises on fax machine. <laughs> your dad sent me a fax that said, if you were arrested for being a salesman, would there be enough evidence to convict me? <laughs> I sent you a fax? I still have that. Because <laughs> that's the coolest thing on the face
0: of the earth. So when I imagine these guys, you're walking into a meat processing plant. I think of Leatherface from the Texas <laughs> Chainsaw. Just like huge, enormous guys. Basically, the first time I saw a uh, Kentmaster 151, I didn't know that there was a balancer. <laughs> I thought people just held them up yeah, just, oh, yeah. until I tried to pick one up. And I'm like, well, that's not possible. So how big are some of these meat cutters? Are they as big as they are in my mind? or
2: There was a no. plant. I walked into an many years ago, young into my career. And the guy said, Do you sell splitting saws? Mm-hmm. Heck yeah, we do. He goes, We're in a bit of a bind or splitting paws down. We're doing the best we can. I go, Using a handsaw? He goes, We're using a scribe saw. And <clears> I went <throat> back on the kill floor, and it was medieval. There was this huge guy. This massive guy. Leatherface. So
0: exactly what I was imagining. What's that? Leatherface. <coughs> You've never seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre?
2: Huh. Oh, okay, go yeah. ahead. And he had what they described as a scribe saw. And it had a huge wooden handle. And it had basically saw teeth permanently mounted on this handle. And it had a slight curve to it. And this guy was standing between the legs of this beef, Slamming that scribe saw down on the backbone. I mean, I've seen a lot of things, but this is one of the things where, I mean, this guy was just slamming it. Every time he'd slam it down, it would cut through a little bit more. He goes, that's how they always used to do it. I'm like, yeah, you're full of hooey. And he goes, no, my dad actually used to cut through a saw with a cleaver or cut through a beef backbone with a cleaver that they would grind little edges into. Yeah. And this, I mean, this guy had the big belly, the great big rubber apron, and the look on his face that Jamie Lee Curtis should have been running from him. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. It was just brutal. So it sort of had teeth in it, but he wasn't sawing at all. No, was just it, was just, it was just the motion of him coming. It, it had a curve. So so the the blade had a curve on it with okay. teeth. And then the back of the handle had a curve on it. So every time he slammed into it, it had just that natural... Come down a little bit. Yeah, the, okay. the, the art came down. But I mean, this guy... And I go, why? And he goes, yeah, we've been doing this all day. To get through one? No, 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 oh, no. So to get through doing, all their okay. beef schedule for that day. I, just, I've never in my life seen anything like that. It was That was a big son of a gun.
0: Yeah. Well, nowadays, your saw goes down. Someone's going to have a four forty four or something to right you would oh, hold some no. sort of backup no oh oh
2: backup yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Backup.
0: more more than likely yeah. something to Which try do to do keep a great job, job. No. something electronic something yeah. cuz that does not but that's also a the difference between the old days and and now technology has improved so much that it's a lot easier to keep things cleaner more sanitary i mean it's much easier to use a, a 444 even though it's not a great option for a beef. It's going to bog it's down eventually. Option. It's going to bog down, but better that than getting, you know, your crusade sword and <laughs>
2: trying to hack down between it. I split a hog with a one inch handsaw. 444 is just heaven on earth. I can imagine. <laughs> yes. And I just can't imagine beef bones are so hard. Yeah. Chop it and it with that son of a gun. No. And to, for him to tell me that's how they used to do it. Like, dude, those were the dark ages.
0: Well, I remember when I worked in customer service, we had to put in, like, when we were selling 444s, we had to put in, like, uh, uh, verbiage where we would tell them, this is not a beef splitting right. saw. Using it for that will void the warranty. They still, people still, still do it. it. I know. Yeah. I know.
1: And it's, it's not what it's made for, and you're going to rent it, and then you're going to wonder why it doesn't last. And, anyway, I, well, I paid $2,000 for it. I go, yeah, but you should have paid six for a splitter.
0: And you'd be fine. Yeah. But... Everybody tries to cut corners. <clears throat> so, well, some people, i not say everybody. No, fair point. One, not, not, not me. Don't clearly. throw a rock at me. all of our customers, John. <laughs> no, no, <laughs>
2: it's, it's been too long since I've talked directly but to our re- know, commercial customers. There was a customer of ours in the north of the state of the confusion that I begged for years to buy a band splitter. I mean, I'm not exaggerating for years. And he finally bought one. And it's like, it was an epiphany. It was the greatest thing I ever did. Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> he goes, oh yeah, I could clean up at the end of the day. I'm like, yeah, it's a shame your salesman sucks so much that he never told you for the last 10 years to buy a band splitter. Then his plant so, Soon you know who it
1: is. So <laughs> technology has changed, but a lot of what goes on in a meat, in a meat processing plant hasn't changed a lot. I mean, because it's still a very physical job. You mm. can't. You know, it's it's if you were gonna say, Hey, I'm gonna devise something to cut the top out of that can, guess what? The next can is exactly like this can. So you could cut it off and we wouldn't need if you were the can cutter, John, wouldn't need you anymore because we're gonna do it. But if you think about it, every beef that walks through that door, every, you know, every steer that walks in, every hog that walks in, they're different. They're close, but they're different. And it takes somebody to do that physical work, and man, there's a lot. Even on the further process side, you know, smokehouses are so much better. Um, do the technology of the microprocessors and stuff, and you know, guys are you know we're selling we're selling smokehouses. Guys are running off their phones, you know, that kind of stuff is just so different. Um, but man, back on the kill floor, it's still primal. Gotta yeah. I mean, there's just—you can't automate it. I don't know how. Even the big boys, even the big boys out there um, that are doing, you know, five thousand head a day. I mean, it, they're a little more automated on on some of the process of it the, of the carcass working its way through. But there are certain things that have to be done by a human.
2: But a lot of those guys, I mean, it's the variance too. It's like Triumph, the hogs. It's like a Xerox machine, a uh, laser printer. Every damn hog that's coming down that line is almost identical to the hog before it. In our lockers, everything's different. I mean, especially if you get into 30-month-old where you're cutting out the backbones and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of knowledge and a lot of real skill, absolute skill that's involved. But the slaughter floor, harvesting floor, is is one of those things where you've got to be on your toes because that's where everything starts. yeah. So, wait, you're
0: saying that a lot of the hogs, when the big boys process them, they're the exact same because they're doing it at a specific age.
2: Oh, it's incredible. I mean, if you ever go, well, you never will, but might not, Triumph up in uh, St. Joe. Okay. Those hogs just roll through nonstop. And everything is so specialized. There's one guy. All this guy does is he stands at the corner of this one curve and cuts the snout. And splits the halves of the hogs. Okay, that's all he does. And there's there's two people that cut the cutting the the bacon off, the side fat. They use a double handled knife. That's all they do. And every single thing you see coming up the conveyor belts, it's virtually identical to the hmm. one before it. It's it's incredible. Yeah,
0: I I mean that is fairly impressive. Um, I I would still argue that it's probably a little bit more impressive to be able to have the knowledge to go from A to Z? Oh, no, no.
2: And that's the the point I was making. Oh, okay. Is the huge plants, everything's systematic and automatic. Whereas the small plants, the processors, small independent plants, those guys are specialists. They have to adapt on the fly. And there's a lot of technique. Well, Brett was talking about it. Even that drew back from the old days that's still applicable today that The bigger plants have lost track of. Uh,
0: Taking things a little bit off topic here, a huge surprise. Um, Do you worry, you two, about people losing the ability? Like that knowledge gets lost and it's gone, and then it's gone forever. So, no, I don't worry about you that. You don't worry yeah. about that? You think there's enough handing it down but to the younger generation? Yeah, the gods
2: think, of the internet have come uh, in. So. And I, I you think, can only
0: learn so much on the internet. Here's,
2: here's what I think is
1: going to happen, though, on that, is the the the, the four big processors, as anybody watches... Anything on yep. on the news knows about the four big processors and the rest of the people and the rest of the people is who we sell to. Yep. And but those four big processors are going to keep doing a lot of what they're doing. They're doing a little bit less now, and the and the small what I call the small to mid sized the independents uh, are doing more. And there's more of them. Um, lots of new plants being built around the country. Um, what's what's happening though is those people who are looking for that quality of product and not just the price, are going to pay what they need to pay. And what's going to happen with those small processors is if you're not afraid to go work on the slaughter floor, if you're not afraid to go do that, you're going to make some pretty good money. Yeah. Because it's just going to be that. It's not going to be a case where, oh, we got got John to go do that because he'll work for $12 an hour. Yep. That's not working anymore. Oh. That guy that's on that slaughter floor, <laughs> he's going to make a lot more money, There's a- and 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 that's going to trickle down. So is the consumer is going to have to pay more for that coming out of the small processor in order to pay for that specialty
2: of the of the slaughter guy. But they already are. There's a great power of the meat that they do every year, national meat processing, and they still every year. They refer back to the man with blood on his hands and consumers are now looking for the man with blood on his hands and it's vulgarity, but I I still say that the guy behind the counter can sell someone ground meat with ground glass and cat guts in it because they trust that guy with the blood on his hands and that guy with the blood on his hands is trusting the guy on the slaughter floor because everything comes from the hoof that goes to the front counter. And people are looking for that now. They're looking for that assurance that they can buy from that guy that has seen that beef all the way from the hoof to the counter.
1: And as crazy stories as you and I tell, and I can't—I I know I said that earlier, but I'll say it again. As crazy as stories you and I tell, Kurt, we we also will buy our meat from those small processes every single day because we see what they do and they're a family business their family relies upon that and if they're and they're eating what's coming out of that too i mean exactly they're not afraid to feed their family from what's coming out of that small plant
0: yep we've said it a bunch of times people are paying a lot more attention to where their food comes from Mm -hmm. and that's where the man with his blood on his hands comes from you guys do you know the name peter teal I do not. So he's a big finance guy. He has started what he calls the uncollege movement, trying to convince high school kids: you don't need to go to college to become successful. You don't. It's it it was a fallacy that the the baby boomers pushed on the next generation. I disagree with that. They, They looked no. They looked at. I'm just kidding. Oh, you don't. Okay. They looked at the people before. I didn't them. go to college,
2: John. You know, so. I didn't either. I don't know. Sorry. I don't Neither know. one of us <laughs> did. <laughs> Sorry, Patrick. Patrick, I, did. I only went when they did performance <laughs> appraisals, so I
0: had to going to continuing education. But it was the it was the the, oh. the people with passion who went to college to learn more about it who were successful. So the next generation looked at that and said, "Oh, the people who went to college became more successful." When that's a, a a fallacy, they went to college because they were more passionate about it. They were going to be successful no matter what they did. So uh,
1: I'll I'll follow that up with this then. So Kurt and I are laughing because neither one of us has, has a college education. He has some though. He I mean it's perfect for our industry too. Um, his his college learning <laughs> english major he's an english oh, major oh yes
2: i'm sure you use that quite a <laughs> he bit he uses
1: that a lot on the kill the floor soft, um, light. But, right. but 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 <laughs> how many we don't even know how many seminars we've been to how many classes we've yeah. been to at universities or or how many hours we've spent in a meat processor asking why um Because that's what we were passionate about. And that's what we wanted to learn about. And, and, and then go beyond that. I mean, this morning I had a, I had a, a a session that's a a group here in, in Wichita that's family businesses Mm. that's, that's actually run by Wichita State. So it's run by a university, but they have education stuff on business stuff. And I was at that. So no, you don't have to go do that, but doesn't mean you don't keep learning. So whatever your passion is, you got to keep learning. Absolutely. And if you only rely on yourself, then you're missing out. If you don't ever go out and look for others to learn from others, then you're missing out. Like
2: Brett was talking earlier, the cured meat class. I tell every customer I can, go to the cured meat competition. Because in our industry, with a few exceptions... There's no sense of competition. So you go to Cure Meat Room and there's a sausage there and you're a new guy. You're like, wow, how did you do that? Chances are the guy that made it standing right there and he goes, oh, this is what I did. He's not going to tell you what he put in it, but he's going to tell you the processing applications. It's one of the things Brett and I did from the very first day. (laughs) We didn't know Jack. Not from (laughs) the very first. No. There was
1: the ultimate competition that be, and then we realized what we were missing out so we when well, we st- transition to the new r- right so okay. st- state competition st- state meat processors they're held in like a holiday inn or whatever so we go to one and they're I don't know a nice know, holiday inn it was it was like you know really. a year or two into this and we go to one so the processors they're going to go sit in a class on you know you know i don't know encapsulate citric acid or something we're like whatever and so th- got <laughs> it's, gotta it's, it's like all the in right so we go out and we have this huge competition from the ping pong table to the, the putt putt <laughs> course you know all these games you know the pool table all these games we have this master competition keeping track and stuff and then later that day our the processors customers of ours are going. So they were talking about encapsulated secret acid. You guys have that? And can you help us with that? And we look at each other and, and we're like, uh, well, we're idiots. Yeah, Brett and three so, putt of the anthill. Yeah. <laughs> so we like, huh. We should go to all these classes that our customers are going to. So we start doing that. And then over the years, we're sitting in the class, whether it's that or one of the other classes at universities or whatever programs that's put on that we went to hundreds of them. And, you know, the speaker's talking and our customers are turning us going, hey, do you guys have that? Yeah. yeah, we know what they're talking about. And cuz then we could communicate with them cuz we're hearing what they're hearing either for the first time or we already knew about it and we can help them. But what? we realized that we've got to work at this. It's it's like whatever you do in life, you got to work at it. You it's, can't go play games all day long. Well, we can. I drink well, a lot too. But, but I, I don't
2: Brett, even remember who won, but surely Ed, it was me. I hate oh, no, <laughs> he really did except for <laughs> ping pong and golf and but, but Brett to his credit, and I hate saying this in front of him, but has built, has established Walton's as an extremely credible source of information. I mean, it's in the industry and it's cool because one thing I take a lot of pride in is that we'll be in these classes now and a professor will go, well, you know, now you need to use X, Y, and Z. And he'll point at one of us and go, Walton's will have that. And it's so cool that the industry has put their trust in us. And this is something that's Come about over 25 years of long, hard work, but we pride ourselves in the fact that if someone says, can you do this? I'll go, nah, I can't. But you know what? I probably know someone who can. Can you give me two days? Because we know on a first name basis, many of the doctors who are running the meat science programs of the major universities. And we know the guys have been doing it for 40 years. And, and between those two sources. And Brett can probably tell you that he's beat them all in name the country singer competition <laughs> out of cur jar glasses of beer late at night.
0: Well, I just talked to Larry uh, Goring. Is that yesterday? Goring. Yeah. Goring. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, um, I was asking him to be a, a, a guest on our podcast. And he literally said, he's like, anything I can do for Waltons. I was like, oh. Well, that's really nice to
2: hear. Like, I thought I might have to convince him a little bit. He was just, nope, I'm in. Larry, if you're listening, our open house is coming up in September and we do need sponsors. Sponsors (laughs) or speakers? We got speakers. Oh, okay. Larry spoke. Larry did the last last open house. He did one. Yeah. Nope. Yep. But no, it's, Brett and I were talking earlier, old people bask in nostalgia. And just when he and I have been going over all these old customers and old stories, gosh, it'd be great just to get in the van with a six pack, well, a cooler of beer, and just drive around. Some of these people, a lot of these people, have passed on. Some of them have sold their businesses, but gosh, the stories and the people we've known and we've met. And I've got to segue back to this one story because okay. it's just one of the greatest. We get as much time as we want. All times. So I'm in a locker talking to the owner of the plant. And all of a sudden, a guy comes breaking out of the door from the kill floor. He's like, Bucka laga, laga, And the owner looks at me and he goes, What did he say? I go, Hell, I don't know. He's your employee. <laughs> I don't speak
0: backa lagga lagga
2: And the guy just grabs him by the collar and he's just jerking him toward the back door. Like, uh, this is a story. This is. And so I go following him, and there's a Holstein running across this field. And where I stand today, I swear this is true. I yell, Run Elsa, run! <laughs> <laughs> and if you've never seen Born Free, it sucks oh, to be such you. It's a great movie. But it just did it, Yeah, Run Elsa, run! And he looks at me like, What the hell are you talking about? And I go, We're done. And he goes, Quit, grab this, grab this, grab this. And again, I know nothing about guns except the little round hole has the bullet come out of it. And he grabs this big ass pistol and he runs out the front door and he's, Yo! St- oh! grab this and he gets this and I'm not exaggerating. He lays this rifle across the hood of his truck. He's like, ah! he goes, I got to go. And so they like, Kelly's heroes, man, they're throwing all kinds of crap and armaments in the back of this truck and they boom, they're gone. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a story. <laughs> so I leave. I go on to my next stop. Going to eat and see Carl. And uh, so I come back a while later. Rex in there. So I go down and see Carl. I said, Carl, he goes, Did you ever hear what happened? No, Carl talks. I said, You ever hear what happened? <laughs> I go, No, and he goes, Oh my gosh, great story. <laughs> so we can say, Because Carl is, is no longer with us. God but rest He, he his was story. from Oklahoma. So he was great. He was. great. He I was got awesome. a good story. Remind me about Bull Riding for Carl. Okay. Because it's really a really good story. But Carl goes, Oh, hell yeah. He's running, and he chases (laughs) this bull, and it goes running across this golf course, running (laughs) right down the fairway. Rex realizes, there's a school, (laughs) and there's some kids looking out the window. So Rex gets his gun, and he, pow, and he drops that cow right in the middle of the fairway. Well, then Rex realizes there's kids looking out that window. Rex drives his trucks out in the fairway. Fairly large amount of rain. So Rex truck sinks in that fairway. So Rex comes to great idea. And he's going to hook his, Brett, help me out here, in front of our ATVs. A winch? Winch. He's gonna hook his winch to this cow, drag out. So the little kids can't see it out the window of their schools. So he's dragging this cow down a wet fairway. <laughs> Carl's exact words were, You couldn't construct a better waterway. <laughs> <laughs> so Rex drags this cow to his truck. The truck's stuck. So Rex calls the tow truck. So the truck truck pulls onto the fairway. Proceeds to try to tow Rex's truck down the hook. Needless to say, Rex Insurance's company got charged for the entire fairway. (laughs) Rex had to go send an apology letter to all little kids looking at the school. school. (laughs) But all I can remember is run, Elsa, run.
0: (laughs) That is great. Also, loved Born Free. First book I ever read.
2: I've seen it one time, but thats I swear I yelled out, run Elsa, run. (laughs) It's a weird thing to pop to mind. But (laughs) But, this cow
0: is just running, kicking its heels up. I'm like, oh, dude, born free. Yeah, you're not going to live long, though. All right, so that is Escape to Medford Cow. There's a
2: fire. But what was the story I said that reminded me of that when I was talking about that one? Pat, got to help me here. I don't know. It doesn't matter. No, you said bull riding. Oh, bull riding, yeah. Carl. Oh, okay. Bull now, I didn't know if that was on the Brett podcast. Brett will appreciate about this because he loves PBR. Carl used to ride bulls. Pass blue ribbon? So do I. <laughs> my daughter loves pass blue ribbon. Still got the last can she left in my house because I won't drink it. Uh-huh. But Carl rode bulls. And he has a cool as hell picture of the last bull he ever rode professionally, throwing his butt off the bull. And it, it hurt him. Sure. So that was his transition going in to working in his father's meat processor. Instead of riding, killing. Yeah. So one day, Carl's, and Carl telling me the story, he's in his office and his kill floor guy, and again, similar angles go, but Carl, when he spoke Mexican, was the coolest thing on the face there. So got to imagine. Anyway, so he goes out into the kill pen. There is the last bull he rode. Really? In the kill pen. So, Carl, in his house, above his fireplace, has the hide of the last bull he ever rode and a picture of him riding that bull. That's pretty awesome. Oh, it's amazing. And, but you hear Carl tell the story, he tears up still. And, and that's he's gone now? Yeah, he's,
1: he passed away a couple of years ago. So, but the, the little part of that story is that should to pay attention to is Kurt just talked about, well, it's what's in his house. It, it, that's in one of the amazing things about we've been blessed with is how, how many people get to say in their profession, Oh yeah, I've been in my customer's mm, house I've slept, and, and, spent the night and, and, and we've been in a lot of our customers' houses. And you know, I, the line I always use for people when they start customer service, like you don't know who you're talking to, how how well they may know me i may know that hey you know uh there's somebody in um uh montana that uh you know when you go in their garage there's a fridge with two taps in it or whatever you know you don't you you don't know and because we've been blessed to be all over the country going through uh different plants and then wind up yeah in, in customers homes even
0: yeah, probably there's not many industries like that. I'm trying to think of one and I probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be awesome it.
2: to be. That I wish I'd gone to the wedding because then it'd been full circle. But I knew when his wife had the baby. I watched that baby. I mean, again, this baby grew up in the meat locker. You go in there and she'd be walking around, putting her hands on the bloody tables, walk around oh. barefoot on the floors. Grew up into a beautiful young lady. And I got invited to the wedding and I couldn't go, but I would have seen this child from when she was born all the way up to her wedding day, grew up in the locker. Every time I walked in there, either she was there or there's a picture over there.
1: And and we're seeing that now, um, working through three generations in 25 years, when you think about it. So we started out working with the grandpa and then the son Mm -hmm. who is probably more like our age and now we're dealing with the grandson you know and specifically with me and my family is my you know we have some customers out there that my dad was selling them and then the 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 generation then i was working with my generation and now dylan is working with the 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 next generation that are 20 to 30 year olds um in 25 years you can you can get through three generations uh you get the tail end of one and you get the begin and you get right. the beginning of the other, But yeah, you'll get through three generations. And we're seeing that with our customers now, our commercial customers, where we're 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 on three generations of working with people.
2: And not to be confused, Brett is older than me.
0: No, I'm not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Camera lies.
0: <There. laughs> so you do it is mostly gener like handed down family to family member?
2: It's crazy though, because a lot of lockers have changed hands lately. And yeah. when you're stupid and small brained like me, you'll go to Bob's locker and keep calling the owner of the locker Bob. Yeah. Right. Not Bob and anymore. Bob's longer. Right. Yeah. Right. My brain's that big. But there,
1: I mean, I would say at least 50% are multi generation. That's probably
2: okay. accurate.
0: That That's really probably is. It probably is. That's a decent yeah. amount. I mean, especially when you figure you, some of these families could probably sell. Their business <clears> for a decent profit, <sighs> especially if they get. It just depends. I mean, some, it some
1: can. Some, they just well, depend on what they've done with the With the new, with with the the new
2: impulse and all the buying from what to go from scratch, these were customers. <clears throat> and I know it sounds cliche and I apologize, but they're friends. Sure. I mean, my gosh. I can call people up now and, how's your wife? How's the kids? I'm, oh, by the way, did you have something you needed <laughs> to talk to me about? And it's so cool because a lot of them have passed on. God rest their souls. And their families are there, though. And you're talking to their kids. And it's cool because their kids hear stories that you tell about their parents. And I don't know of another. And I'm sure there is. I'm not going to be maudlin about it. But it's cool the relationships we've made over all these years and the stories we can tell. That we've we've had the opportunity to experience and, oh my gosh, standing at the cash register with a click gun saying, welcome to Walton's, can I help you? I mean, that's my future, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a great run. <laughs> but we should. I will start this. I can <laughs> still yet. remember when Good point, we were John. driving to Attica and we drove around. Johnson, Kansas. Brett Walton. There's no Johnson on the way to Hattica.
1: Okay, can I, I've said really nice things to Kurt like. before, right? Go ahead. In the, in the last few hours. Yep. So one of the things about Kurt is whatever town he says it's from, don't take that as really true. <laughs> That's not really where it, it's it, from. It could be another town. Or
2: if he says it was Joe, it could have been John. <laughs> if you if want directions, I'll tell you. There's a red barn. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to turn the red right barn. God help you if they painted the barn, but, but I, I swear to God, no there's a red barn. But here's the funniest thing. Every once in a while, Brett or Dylan will say, who was that customer? I'll go, oh, yeah, so-and-so. It's just that lucid moment that you have. (laughs) I can't remember names. I can't remember highways. I know how to get there. But we turned. There's a grocery store in the town. We drove down there. We turned and there was a Dodge dealership. And we were in your van. And you said, I'm going to get a Dodge truck. I love those. Right. Harper. Harper. You turn on K42
1: yeah, at Harper, and there's the dealership a dealership on the corner. And that would be on the way to at- Good job. That two, is on the way two 10, to Attica. whatever it takes. Nice. <laughs> good you job. Said good it's on reference. the same side good of the states.
2: You said at that moment. <laughs> I did? You love Dodge trucks, and you were going to get a Dodge <laughs> trucks. And I bought one since then. With God as my oh, witness, whoa, what, what, you have how not many? driven one mile and not been in a Dodge truck.
0: Yeah, I don't know that Dodge would still exist without the Walton's family. (laughs) All three of them. Getting the, the newest <laughs> and greatest not trucks every couple I mean, of years. You know, if
2: you read about a polar bear eating yeah. Canadian, you wouldn't but, be as surprised as you'd be if the Walton didn't buy a Dodge. But, yes. but see, Kurt was here
1: for the, the 225,000 miles in yes. the Chevy Astro. Yep. No, and it would be <laughs> funny then,
2: because we would. We would take the seat out of the middle of the van. We took like, our two seats out, yeah. And breakfast, we got kids to haul. And we'd have to put the damn seats back <laughs> in. Oh, yeah. We, I,
1: I had to put the seats in and out all the time because then I'd get home and Sandy would make me drag kids around, gosh. <laughs> This
0: is a working truck. You you said it uh, quite a few times and Austin said it too. You can either take the money out of the business early or keep reinvesting in the business and take it out later. Mm -hmm. So it's just a different... So if you Ready buy a Dodge trucks, that's keeping it in the business, right? <laughs> Are you getting something <laughs> from Dodge? No. Walton's well, uh, no. Meet your Six podcast sponsored by Dodge. We trucks. should. Absolutely, we should. You I want to <laughs> you you
2: hit the dealership. As long as you stay in good graces with Jeep, I'll always be happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I've always said. I think. Yeah, I think you better cut us We're off, just going to cut his
0: mic. We're just going <laughs> to yeah, cut his mic at some it. point. So here's the deal. We've got a couple of stories that we're going to highlight the ones we haven't talked about yet. I, cut, shut that
2: down before he gets a look at them and starts <laughs> talking done. again. I am so <laughs> done right now. He says that, but he oh, would but talk yeah. for another hour without a problem. Would. Here's the deal. And we did this. I sat in that chair and you guys got mad because I didn't talk. Really? Didn't we? Oh yeah, Austin So you just
0: did. needed no. me. No, what I happened was your you. mic was
2: no. <laughs> what happened was the mic wasn't working, and you got frustrated. Austin goes. And that's that's what oh, was really? Austin goes. Yeah. That wasn't the Kurt we expected, and I go. Uh, John, I got Bubba in
1: front of me, man. John, do you know how many times in the last twenty five years I wish I could turn his mic off?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Probably more than <laughs> once, probably more than once, uh, but we will absolutely save those stories and we'll come back for another round yeah. of this at some point in the future. After we retire, you can have us come back.
2: Oh, Gosh, are gonna we are going to be large, long? We're going to be a oh, large thing. Well, it can't be that Brent's long. Brett's got a deal worked out with my wife. It's like, yeah, she's not ready yet. Brett goes, when are you going to retire? Ask Gene. Brett knows when I'm going to retire. Right. She has not accepted my offer yet. I, <laughs> she says a little more money, a little more money.
1: <laughs> we haven't got, we haven't negotiated out a deal I, yet.
2: I've warned Brett as he passed me on to his son. Well, my, pro- well, look at my problem. You, you don't have my problem.
1: I mean, my wife's at home. Two of the kids are here. Nobody wants me. I can't
2: retire. I <laughs> can't stay here. I got,
1: I got no choice.
2: Oh, yeah, brother. We got that once a year up in the Rockies. So uh,
0: for
2: right. those, John, yeah, close this out, John.
0: For those, there's going to be multiple portions of this that we had to cut out for yes. various reasons. Um, but... If you're still with us, we owe you a beer. Next time you come into <laughs> Wichita, them, both come of find you us. That are still out there? We'll take you for a beer. Uh, thanks for listening. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. And if you're listening on a podcast format, please do leave a
2: review. It really does help. Uh, you guys want to say goodbye? And don't forget, folks, that's what you get, folks, for making Whoopi. <laughs> oh, yeah. What?
1: So, see, it, my my, <laughs> my closing would be different than that. Obviously, um, I would imagine so. If, if if we ever work out the uh, meetup or some kind of event, oh, then we'll, that great? we will promise the people that we will schedule at a time when Kurt and I can both be here. Okay. And we would love to talk with people because, as people can find out from listening to this, we love to talk. And, and if, so. if there's Jonathan's no
0: record me. of it, though, <clears throat> oh, yeah, you absolutely. can hear everything. And Jonathan yeah, so.
2: assured me that every time I type in hi, and post it doesn't count toward my free <laughs> knife. You have to do more than so, that. And and I would like to also say, uh,
1: t- turn Kurt's hearing off, would you? <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a pleasure in the last twenty five years to get to work with Kurt. And uh, there's we have other long term employees not as old as him, I mean not as been here as long <laughs> as him. But but we have, we have had a, we've had a lot of fun working in this industry for the last twenty five years. And are, and feel blessed that we've been able to raise our kids working it, here together. Um, and uh, I'm stuck with a couple of them that are here. No, I mean, <laughs> no, no. We're blessed with a couple of of my next gen that are here, uh, but. Uh, I, w- I wish everybody had that same opportunity sure. to work in, a, in, a, yeah. in an atmosphere that uh, you got to work with the same people that you like
2: for that long a time. Brett's still looking get... for the air shaft on my Death Star to blow me up.
0: <laughs> I assume when you said that you get to work with your kids, you were referring to me. Right. So, right. Okay. Not Austin or Dylan. I, I, I me. didn't mean my kids. I meant the kids. The kids. Uh, yeah. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for checking out the Gistics podcast. To shop everything but the meat, head on over to com. And to get your meat processing questions answered by experts and enthusiasts alike, head on over to our online community at MeatGistics.com. Waltons, everything but the meat.